Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan Carson. I'm the Director of Student Ministry Matters. And tonight I have with me Micah Powell. What's up, everybody? How are y'all doing? Missed y'all. And Chris Vines. What's up, man? Well, it has been a while since we've had a chance to be together on the podcast. Now, there's been no disruption in uh, podcast, though. We've had one every week. We've just done, had a lot of interviews. But with the start of the school year, um, that's impacted all of us. Micah is now up at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, working on his Master Divinity. And so he was trying to figure out life as that started up there. Chris has started his new school year teaching Bible, um, in addition to starting a new youth year at his church. And then and I've started my doctoral work at Midwestern as well. And so we've all been pretty busy, but man, I am so excited to be back with these guys and for us to be able to share in the conversation about student ministry as we go forward. You know, uh, student ministry is tough and it is still tough right now as we are recording this towards the end of September. Uh, some things have started off really well. Others have been difficult. I know the school year has been kind of weird already. And so let me ask, um, guys, before we get into any sort of other questions, um, what is school like around your area, the public schools, as you watch them? Have you had any quarantines? Have you had any stops? Have they shifted? What, what's, it going, what's going on there? Chris, why don't we start with you? What's, what's happening in Hope? Yeah, uh, well, I work at um, our Christian school. Our church has a Christian school. I think I've mentioned that before. Um, and right now, our total enrollment's around 165, something like that, um, which is close to normal for us. But uh, things are going well. I mean, we've got, uh, I think like in most places, all the uh, the new normal uh, just scenario where people or kids are wearing masks, teachers are wearing masks, we're taking temperatures before kids that get out of the cars, all that kind of stuff. We haven't had any kind of major hiccups. Things are really, really going well for us. Um, and so we're very thankful for that. Uh, the schools around us, uh, they're, they're doing well. They, uh, a lot of them are doing a, a split model where you've got virtual learning mixed with uh, in-the-classroom learning. They gave uh, several families choices for that. But uh, all in all, I mean, nothing, nothing drastic, nothing uh, too bad that's going on. Uh, there's no major closures or quarantines or anything like that. I think for the most part, people are just they're ready to get back to a, uh, a normal schedule and, uh, and they're doing what they can to make it work. It's just a hard time. <laughs> That's uh, put in mildly as, as we try to figure out life, but most people want to be back at it. So I see students doing their best. I see teachers doing their best, administrators. Um, one of the, the shepherd leaders at our church, he is the principal of a local elementary, and he has felt like he's had to juggle a lot of things, and, and they do. Um, recently, I started announcing football at Lincoln High School in Lincoln, Arkansas, home of the the Lincoln Wolves, and uh, they had to change up their Friday night football. There was a Friday night that I found out we had a game on that Thursday afternoon because the school that they were going to play in two weeks had to go in quarantine. And so it's been a lot of, of that sort of thing with, with the schools up here. Most of them are doing okay, but then you'll hit a pocket and things will be strange. Uh, what about your student ministry, Chris? Student ministry is going well. Uh, we we don't have large crowds, but we're we're not a big youth group anyway. But we're 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 running uh, probably about fifty percent. I would say is what we've got. I mean, this is tonight's Wednesday uh, as we're recording this, and we just this was week three of us being back in person. It's going well. I mean, we we've kind of changed up our format a little bit. We've we've moved it since since the crowd is small. We've moved it to more of a uh, around the table uh, Bible study um, for the for the 
next few weeks just as we kind of get back into the rhythm of things. But um, really, really excited to, to be with the kids and just and be around them and, and see them in person. It's been great. Well, Micah, you are up in the Kansas City area. What are you hearing about the, the schools and the churches around your area? What's that looking like? Well, we're in a weird place because we're looking for a church. And that's just strange as as like a pastor and student pastor. Like that is, I think Rachel are actually for the first time in our entire marriage, uh, with, you know, was of 11 years, we're looking for a church. Right. It, that's that's just strange and still boggles my mind a little bit. And so being able to visit churches has been really eye-opening to this pandemic and, and seeing how that's affecting churches and how how it's affecting Christians. Mm. And, and that gets, we could spend a lot of time on this, but it just it, I'll just say this in passing and we can pack it, unpack it later if it needs to or in a later uh, time. But I tell you what, man, Christians' faithfulness really comes out during stuff like this. Um, yeah. What do you really fear, God or this thing? You know, what, what do you really, what, do, do you want to go to church or not? And, and, and that's really hard for people. And, and I definitely, that's heavy on us as, I mean, I got a little two-year-old and, you know, my wife and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm on the campus living here and uh, th- that can be detrimental to a lot of people if the moment you catch or contract potentially this thing. And that, that's been really hard for us just going to these churches where, and, and it's a good thing, I think, when Roman uh, is required to sit with us in the worship yeah. because they don't have uh, children's ministry. And and the real to me the real uh, thing that boggles me is the weight of COVID um, on churches. Uh, you you only see a few churches that have uh, I would say like a nursery or something like that. And what's interesting in Kansas City is the churches that have nurseries are actually the ones that are growing. Um, the ones mm. that aren't where they're not seeing. And just for the general where I've the four churches we've been to, um, we've seen one of them that did children's ministry. And and Dan, I'll, I'll be honest, they're they're. I asked them, man, what's membership like? Well, you know, since we, when we opened up our nursery, man, we, we started seeing 10 times. And that's what the, the elder said, the, one of the elders. He said 10 times more people when they started opening up, not just opening up, you know, ministries, but their, 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 their nursery, their you know, children's department where people, your parents can worship and hear the word of God. And um, that, that's been really tough because when you don't have that children's ministry, you know, that's always going to lead to, you know, my, I'll, I'll take Roman out in the hallway so that he's not distracted people. And then so that leaves two weeks where I won't be able to hear uh, you know, the gospel message from uh, you know, a preacher. And then we kind of rotate. And so that's been really hard. But as schools opened up, you know, my wife, she's a teacher up here and she has a confirmed case uh, just on the second level of their school, not in her classroom. But still, that's, it's heavy on us, Dan. And, and I'll be honest. Uh, and I know it's heavy on Chris, too. And, and, and guys, this this COVID thing is, um, it's the crud. It's worse than anything that we wanted to experience when it comes to desiring to be together. And, and it's frustrating. And I just think something great is going to come through this. I, I just do. I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that God is going to do such incredible things if we're just faithful to continue working, continue fighting for um, not priorities and you know getting to church, but just making God alone and being the church. And finding that place where you can grow spiritually and, 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 and even if it's hard and you have your son sitting on your lap and he's two and he's got more energy than, uh, you know, uh, Micah, uh, you know, you just got to have to find a way to bear through it and to make priorities so that you're, you can experience being the church and being faithful in church. Uh, that's just, it's been really incredible and helpful for us to be able to find and, and, and do all that. And, you know, on campus, I haven't heard of any, any COVID cases on the Midwestern campus that I know of yet. Um, and that's been a miracle because there's apartments here, families and right. kids going to schools and working. And I just think it's so, it's so, so God's hand to allow that to happen in his kindness this far. So, I mean, it's been really tough, but man, God's been faithful and kind. And so that's, you know, we've been able to grow as a family because of this really uh, isolated and interesting time. Isolated and interesting time. Yeah. I like that because this has been, um, it's really showing who our people are. It's showing who we are as churches, um, even our student ministries. You know, there's a big struggle. I, I know that where I'm at right now, we can't go a- get too far ahead of where our church is. So we aren't meeting. We've met online. I've been visiting uh, ball games and doing all those other types of things, trying to keep in contact. Um, but right now we're not meeting as a group and that's it's hard. It really is. And uh, I know that we've experienced a, you know, a big drop off since pre-COVID numbers. And and I know that there's always going to be that sort of descriptor, at least in the coming days, is 
what were your pre-COVID numbers and what are they now, you know? But it is something that we're all still having to deal with. I feel like we're going to have to deal with it for a while. And so we may visit back on that topic and and talk a little bit more about what that's looking like in our churches and our student ministries as we seek to continue to, to love on students and make sure that we're investing in them and helping them learn what's next. What I wanted to do tonight is talk about a subject that, that we've already hit on at our Student Ministry Workers Retreat. We're going to talk about Chris's breakout group, which was about preparing a message for students. But before we get to that, we want to get to our random question of the week. We haven't had one in a while. So I wanted to ask the guys, um, what is your favorite concert that you've ever been to? Now, it can be a Christian concert or it can be a secular concert. What's that look like? Micah, what's your favorite concert? Well, I'm a music guy my whole life, man. I grew up down the road from a, a music store. So I was always going down to that thing to learn different instruments and to get to know different guys. And and, and so music's been such a huge part of my life and, and really a key key time for me at Central Baptist in Conway when I had to go there um, for, for music. And uh, I met my wife through, through there as well. But mu- music's a big part of our life. I'd say it's the same, man. That's, it's a huge part of our life. So probably one that we both enjoyed together was Justin Timberlake. I mean, he did a really good job. Um, and you would think, man, he's, he's man, I can't believe that, Micah. And I'm like, I know, you know, I, I hear that for sure. But man, it was a clean concert. There was kids there. Um, I think because of trolls, that has actually influenced him in a, in a way to not be just a bad, uh, not a bad person, but just, you know, uh, saying things he shouldn't. And we really enjoyed that concert. He just is such a talented singer, man. And, uh, Really appreciated that he didn't drop any, not just bad things in general, but just uh, clean speech and, and all that. But and I think our Christian concert, probably Rachel and I's favorite Christian concert uh, was Shane and Shane. Um, he came by th- sometime through Central Arkansas a, while, a long time ago. And man, that that was just an awesome concert. So talented. And it was funny because both those favorites guys, as you know, are very high singing individuals. <laughs> yeah, you know, Shane and Shane, being able to hear them, you just you hear them and you're like, man, he can hit them. Them note, you know, and uh, hearing them live was, I think, just as good. So, yeah, those are probably one of my favorite, you know, Christian artists and then uh, probably not a more secular artist. So, love, love them both, though. Well, my favorite concert of all time was back when I was in high school. I got to see the Beach Boys in concert. And no, I'm not that old, Chris. They, wow. It was... <laughs> Listen, I don't, even, I, don't, I, don't even, were, I don't even have to say anything I know, that. Man. You just kind of incriminated yourself. You went... <laughs> I mean, listen. The, I know the majority. It of- was incredible. Um, it was right after the movie Cocktail had come out with Tom Cruise and uh, Elizabeth Shue, and <laughs> they did Kokomo. But my in high school, my high school girlfriend um, got got us tickets and drove me up to Branson because I was young enough. I didn't have my license yet. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. Date myself. But that was my favorite. Since since Mike already opened up this door, we're going to talk about them um, both. Uh, that's the best secular concert. I'll remember that one forever. Now, I'm going to also date myself and kind of put myself in a weird place. I've, I've seen a lot of good ones. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, one of my favorites, though, was back when I was in college, I drove over to Williams Baptist College and got to see a guy by the name of Ray Bolts. Now, I don't know if you know who Ray Bolts is. Um, He is, uh, he did a song called Thank You in the late 80s that was just powerful. He was a storyteller. His story itself has gone a a direction that I'm not real thrilled about, but it was one of those really powerful concerts that um, just meant a lot. And I'll always, it'll always mean a lot, even though he's, he's made some choices with his life that's quite a bit different, so... Well, Chris, what about you? What about, what are your favorite concerts? Taylor Swift. Gone to see Taylor Swift. And, you know, that's just enough said right there. <laughs> I mean, what else do I need to say? I mean, it's, it's, T, oh, it's T Swift, you know? I, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> you silence. Can just... I mean, you cannot make fun of Dan, Chris. Like, you, you, oh, Dan, you're so old. What do you like? I like. I like Taylor Swift. Um, Listen, yeah, I'm okay. telling you, I'm telling you right like now. And I like Barney. I'm gonna tell you right now. There, we've got listeners out there, and they're nodding their heads with me right now. They love Taylor Swift. In fact, they probably were listening to Taylor Swift before they switched over to this no, podcast. Yeah, in disapproval. 
So no. Now I will clarify. Let me let me clarify. Going no. Let me clarify. I the the concert that I went to see Taylor Swift. This was by the way. I I'm not. I'm sure we could like talk all day about like how many concerts we could we've gone to. Um, I haven't been to very many at all, and so this Taylor Swift concert that I went to was I think in 2010. So like we're talking about a much different Taylor Swift then than what we've got in our world now. You know what I'm saying? So, but if that, if that doesn't satisfy, uh, in all honesty, another great concert, one that I think I enjoyed probably more than T Swift was, uh, I went to see need to breathe, uh, in what was that little, it was, it was a little, it was like a, I think it was actually a bar, uh, there in downtown little rock. Um, but they had concerts, the, the red room or the rev room or something like that. Went to see anyway, really cool Rev Room. Rev Room. Was that what it's called, Micah? Yeah. So anyway. The Rev Room. The Rev Room. There it was. But uh I think there was at one time a church in there. But anyway, that's beside the point. Need to Breathe was there. And man, they were it was awesome because it was a packed house and I mean there was probably like, I don't know, four hundred people in this little bitty space and we're just like shoulder to shoulder and uh yeah, just really fun stuff to, to be a part of that. I mean, it was really close quarters, fun, fun times. Yeah. So T Swift need to breathe. I like Shane and Shane too. I've just never seen them in person. So there you go. Well, you know, I think between the three of us, we have probably seen the gambit of types of concerts. Um, in recent years, I've had the chance to go to the sing conference. Um, I think Chris, your pastor has, has been there a time or two as well. And just, man, the music there is incredible. You get the Gettys, you get Shane and Shane, Andrew Peterson. Um, the list goes on. Uh, Matt Papa, Matt Boswell. Those were some incredible concerts. But, you know, music is is a powerful thing. Um, and we want to share the, our love of music with our students. We want to talk with them about worship and when it's appropriate. Um but today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. We're going to talk about preparing messages for our students. You know, one of the things that whether we are a full-time youth pastor, and that is our vocation, that's what we've been called to do, or whether we are a volunteer and we're trying to prepare something for a Wednesday night lesson, we have to start somewhere. We have to figure out what we're going to teach, how we're going to approach it, those different things that we're going to do. And so Chris shared some thoughts at our student ministry workers retreat. And I wanted to share some of those things uh, today and just kind of get some insight from Chris about these things. Um, It was a a really good time. And I hope that you'll join us next year. The plan is to go back to meeting in person. I'm really hoping for uh, 2021. (laughs) I kind of have to look at my watch and figure out what year it is now. Uh, but I would love for us to be able to meet in person again because that's just so much more. There's just so much more interaction. It's it's a really good thing. So, well, let's go ahead and hop into this. Um, preparing to teach was some of the things that that Chris talked about, and he talked about taking time to prepare. and And you listed three things, Chris, that I thought were really good here. Um, you talked about preparing early. And you, you mentioned the weirdness of Wednesdays. What did you mean by that? Yeah, you know, um, I'm sure we have listeners who've been in student ministry much longer than, than I have been. I've, I'm going on my seventh year. And uh, I was not quite prepared originally to for the, the schedule of preparing sermons and lessons from Wednesday to Wednesday. You know, if, if you're, uh, if you're, if you're, mm, if you're preaching yeah. um, on a regular basis on Sundays, which I've, I've done that before, it, it just kind of makes sense. You've got a normal flow of the week from Monday to the weekend and, and you just, it just makes sense in that, in that way. But for student ministry, most churches uh, and youth groups meet on Wednesday nights. And so it, it's, it's kind of hard to make yourself start preparing on Thursday um, and then, you know, because you got the weekend in between, and so it's just weird. That's what I meant by that. It's it's a weird, it's a weird cycle that you have to you have to figure out. And I don't think there's a necessarily a right or wrong way. That's why I just simply said uh, prepare early because if you're a, if you're a pastor and you're preparing for Sunday, then you have and you know that when Monday hits, 
that Sunday's coming and, and it's very easy to just let the days, let the days slip by. Well, Wednesday, I think it's all the more imperative that we prepare early because if Sunday comes quickly, it seems like Wednesdays come that much more quickly since the weekend kind of falls there in between for us, you know, before you know it, it's Tuesday and you're like, what am I doing? You know, and that kind of thing. And I think we've all probably been in that situation before. And so it's just important to prepare early. Yeah, you're right. Wednesdays, it, it always kind of sneaks up on you. <laughs> you know, you think you got it figured out and then you're maybe preparing, but then you go through the events of, of Sunday and then all of a sudden it's Wednesday afternoon. I don't know why it just kind of sneaks up on me every time. Um, the second thing you listen under taking time to prepare is this idea of preparing strategically or, or plan your sermons in advance. So, Micah, how, when you were pastoring students, um, how did you do that? How did you prepare in advance for your messages? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, uh, I try to create like uh, going through a book. You know, I, I would just kind of preach expositionally through a book. So as I was praying you know, getting to know what your people is huge. And so there was a couple of times in the beginning that I tried to just kind of not topical preach, but just kind of like go to a text and just kind of work through it with the students. And as I was doing that, I was formulating for the kind of the long run in the preaching realm for a way to stay true to the planning, because I, I know in a lot of ways we can get so overdeveloped, over involved and overthink preaching through like during the week is what I'm saying, I guess. We can get so focused on the week that we don't think about, okay, what am I also preaching on? How can I make this not easier, but how can I make this where I know what I'm preaching in a couple of weeks? And so like kind of right, a preaching right. plan, that's what I'm yeah. trying to say. Um, and so preaching, pre- preparing in advance is huge, but as I'm preaching wherever I go um, initially, it's going to take me some time as I'm just kind of doing some general work and preparing those messages that I'm also in the back of my mind and in my heart and my personal Bible study and even in my pastoral ministry, um, asking God what his people need. And, and what those students need. And then I'll, I'll go through the need and think of a, and, and kind of apply just from what I generally see um, a, a pick, pick a book. And then uh, I'll, I'll plan it like a two or three, a couple weeks out. So that gives me uh, the ability to finish what I'm doing currently. And then once we start that book, I, we're going to do it from a all the way to the end. And, and regardless of how long or short is proper, I just thought it was always prudent to go through a book of the Bible. Cause it kept me true to uh, safe. I wouldn't say safe, but, uh, it optimistically kept me focused, <laughs> which I definitely had a tendency in my younger years to get off topic much easier, which I think I still do that. But, you know, that's part of being Micah. Um, <laughs> but it's not just the endurance in the long run. Um, it, it's knowing that you want to last longer than two years and three years. And so that preaching schedule can really affect your the tenure of your ministry and make you stay longer than uh, and, and not burn out in those in that time. Because if you put a lot of energy towards preaching and what you should preach, you were actually asking the wrong question. I feel like, and personally think, I think the better question is, you know, what is God trying to say through a book? What's he trying to say through John three sixteen? Like what's going on before that? What's going on after that? And yeah. you know, what, what how, that, how, how should that inform our preaching and, 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 and how many times should we go through it? And uh, you know, it also, one thing I think John MacArthur brings up in his book, Pastoral Ministry, um, that was really helpful for me in, in preparation is that, you know, when you preach through a book, it, it helps your ministry endure. It helps you, like, ha- have a longer tenure there. And I said that earlier, but another thing it helps you do um, in, in his book that he kind of lays out is it, it helps you stay on track. And it helps your people know that, they, that you didn't prepare a sermon for that person that made you mad during the week. Like it kind of removes that from you and protects you from that. Where you go, you can kind of lean on the, the book of the Bible and lean on God and put that in his park and go, yeah, I, I'm actually, I knew that you had told me this struggle you're, you're having, but this is just where we are in the book of John, right? Um, right, right. And, and so as I kind of selected a book uh, about what I wanted to to speak or, or whatnot, then I would try to just lay that out over the next couple of weeks and, and, and just kind of think to myself how long somebody could last uh, in John. You know, I, I didn't want to make it five years, right? Uh, but I definitely wanted to be able to be thorough in it. And, and that really helped me because then I could start spending uh, less stressed time um, and use that time wiser to prepare a focus sermon, knowing that when I preach one, I can build on it and go towards something else. Well, when we're looking at this idea of taking time to prepare, you know, it is important to prepare early for the immediate. It's impar- important to prepare early 
that strategic planning of thinking, okay, what is student ministry going to look like for if you can figure out your speaking and your lesson plan in general, not in specific, but in general for for the years, man, that's fantastic. I think God can very much be a part of that process. I know that at um, my last church that I was serving, I had a six-year plan because that's how long a student was going to be in in my student ministry. And I wanted to say, okay, this year we're going to cover this area, this doctrine or this this thought and then move on. And you could cover different books of the Bible. You could do do it in any sort of order that you want, but you have a plan. And that takes a little bit of the stress off when you get to that, well, what are we doing next? <laughs> and that can be really helpful. You know, one of the things that, that Chris has under this taking time to prepare is this idea of preparing sin- sincerely, this idea of using your own stuff. You know, there is, there's lots of curriculum and it's valuable, especially if you are a a bivocational guy or you're a volunteer and you don't have the time to pour into um, preparing lessons on your own, use a, a curriculum as a guide. But there is so much value into digging into the word. You gain so much when you're preparing to teach others and you know it is, it's coming from your heart to their heart and it can be a really powerful thing. Well, what I want to do is to get into this how to prepare, and that's the kind of the bulk of what we want to talk about um, this evening. Um, Chris has six things that I want us to to hit on, and so I'm just going to read them and then let Chris, I want you to talk about each one, and and, and Mike can chime in here as well. Uh, But the first thing you have is read the Word. What do you mean there, Chris? Uh, Man, I mean that we start with the Word of God. Uh, I believe we need to read it personally. Um, but when we're preparing to teach, uh, it's imperative that that's mm. that's where we start. Uh, that we 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 read the Word, we reread the Word, um, and we we just soak it in, and so we get very familiar with the Word of God. So um, I, I guess we could say that this is. I'm not saying obviously to, to read the the whole Bible, uh, even though that's important. But this in this particular context of <laughs> sure. of preparing to teach, this is coming at the point where we've decided, okay, we're going to preach through or we're going to teach through uh, this this passage of scripture or this book of the Bible, and so we need to we need to re- we need to read it and mm-hmm. reread it and be very familiar with it. Excellent, excellent. Well, number two, you've got ask the word good questions. So what are some good questions for us to ask the word? Yeah. So um, as we're reading the word, um, then obviously we need to ask things like uh, contextual questions. We need, we need to, and this is all, this is all coming in our personal study, uh, Dan, you know, this is, this is the way I'm thinking about it. And, and also uh, let me just say this, all of, all of these, these six things, as we're going to see, I mean, they're, they're focused on the word of God because I believe that's that's where we need to center our um, and, and put all of our our energy uh, when it comes to teaching, um, and and this comes on the heels of what I, I said before that of using your own stuff. I, I agree with what you said. We we uh, I, I don't think that we completely abandon uh, different Bible studies that are out there. I just don't think that we need to let that be the first place we run to. Whenever it comes to us teaching, we don't need to run to a Lifeway shelf or a website or anything like that. Rather, we need to run to the word. So as we run to the word, we read the word, we ask the word good questions. Uh, those questions would be, you know, what's what's the immediate context? Let's let's dig a little deeper and, and figure out some historical biblical type stuff, um, original audience, just so that we have a better understanding of what uh, is going on in the word. I believe that the word of God has one interpretation, but many applications, meaning um, the, the Word of God means means what it meant to the original audience. Um, and once we find that meaning, then we can rightly apply it to our day and time and situations. So doing that work and asking those questions of context, um, audience, all those things are very important. I think another good question that we can ask is, how does it point to Christ? Um that doesn't necessarily have to be the, the first question we ask. Um, and, and not every text is going to be, uh, is going to make a, a very, you know, a direct line to, to Jesus. Um, I believe we can certainly try to force that um, if we're not careful, but I think it is a good question to ask. 
Uh, and then, you know, again, there, there's a lot of questions we can ask, like, what do we learn about God? Uh, what do we learn about man? Is, is there, uh, is there something that God is trying to, uh, to teach me about his character, about his person in this? Uh, so all of those apply. And then when we get to like application type questions, um, a good acronym to remember that I, that I run through often is, uh, spec S P E C K. Is there a sin that I need to avoid? Is there a promise that this passage of scripture is is uh, giving me? Uh, is there an encouragement that I should uh, receive or give to someone else? Is there a command that I need to keep? Is there some type of knowledge that I need to receive uh, or or learn? So those are just some very brief general questions that I believe we can ask the word. You know, as we prepare, that's really what we're doing is we're we're asking questions. We're asking questions that our students may be asking, um, and we're trying to answer some of those things, but that's how we draw out the truth that we want to share with them. I, I, your third thing is meditate on the Word. And, um, you know, I, I think of it this way. When I'm preparing a message, um, I will go through reading the Word. I'll ask the Word good questions. And then it kind of goes into the crock pot of my brain. You know, it'll sit there, it'll stew, it'll uh, spend some time and, you know, a little think about it some more. Um, and then eventually I'll get to the next step. But that's kind of how I look at meditating on the word. And sometimes it's very a quiet thing. It may be while I'm exercising. Um, Micah, how do you spend time meditating on what you're about to speak on or share about? By meditating, you just mean thinking on it through the day and night or kind of what's yeah, a creative way yeah. that I think on it. Is there it? something yeah. you do? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot I do. Um, you know, wake, actually there's some things I'm still doing and meditating on from probably, uh, my previous ministry just even a year ago. Uh, I mean, mm. there's verses and, and things I'm thinking on still and chewing on. And, and I've not asked the question to anybody, uh, of what was presented from scripture. Uh, I'm just personally internalizing and, and deeply thinking on these things that are, right. Uh, that are that are mentioned in scripture and and trying to understand where they're going and what and, and and you know why it was mentioned and not just attached to people but mentioned it is the context of it and and it's not because of the uh, any church or person rather rather than it was just the the, the reference of this text and uh, and I've stewed on it and wrestled with it for a a decent little little time um, so that's that's one thing uh, that I, I I really listen to scripture. I default to scripture. And so I think on it all the time. So that besides just general experiences where somebody uses it to like a brother here, even gave me an opportunity today to just, he just corrected me with the word and I just appreciated it. I breathed it in and I loved it. I, I he prayed over me and I, I, was, I had the ability to pray over him. So, you know, to, to cl- clean all this up on all five here and all Micah, um, I think thinking on things in your experiences that God draws to your attention um, like experiences that you have in life when you you think of a verse or hear a verse, uh, thinking on that thing. And if the context is wrong, you, you heard the word of God. That's that's a blessing. Another way to do it creatively is uh, exercise. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like to run. Uh, I broke my ankle a month and a half ago. And during all the move to Kansas City, had that. And um, I, I wasn't able to run here recently. But, man, if I, I'd try to run a 5K probably every day uh, during the week. And, and I'm always at Scripture, podcasts, and um, a pastor's life, right? It's Scripture. Yeah podcast and sermons. Um, so that, that's the, you know, SBS, that's what I always, it's always what I'm listening to. And, um, I'll, I'll download sermons or whatever and just, just eat it up. I mean, consume anything that, uh, hammer away and listen to anybody and anything, anybody and almost anything that is said about God or the topic of the Bible or, um, and then another way is just personal Bible study. That one's really difficult for me because, uh, the discipline for me to get up in the morning was, you know, at like 5 AM, which I thought like, Christian men did. I, I had to kind of change my views on some of that and that I was supposed to be thinking of scripture throughout the day. Right. And so in the morning I try to, and I don't do this every day, guys, I'm, I want to say this, I'm not perfect in this. I haven't arrived at anything, but it is really helpful in another creative ways. It's helpful to find your time, find that your, your, your time during the day where there there's uh, you can, you can hash out before the day begins to say, this is going to be the time I, I give to the Lord where we are able to sit and he's able to just change me and, and love on me and help me to grow uh, in him. And, um, and I think another really fun way too, is when you're driving, goodness gracious, I've listened to so much horrible music. And when I mean horrible, I mean, some of it's Christian, um, uh, that when I could be listening to scripture, um, right, man, right. 
and I'm a music guy again, like, you, you know, listeners, Dan, Chris, you guys know, I'm, when I graduated with a music degree from Central Baptist and love, love music, but it is, if you want to really could, um, kind of meditate well and, and, and learn more about scripture, man, pop, pop a Bluetooth earpiece in and, and just pull up the version Bible app and just go to a, a Ephesians four and just play it day, you know, every morning for two, two, three days so that you have kind of the general theme down. And then on the way home, listen to a podcast or a worship song. And, um, I mean, those are just kind of some ways I try to meditate on the word. Uh, memorizing scripture is big. I know that's sure, big for a lot of sure. other brothers. Um, that's helpful for me. I try to do, uh, one every day or two. Um, yeah, I think just think generally meditate on the word day and night, like scripture says, and find creative ways to do that. And, you know, there's many more than what I just mentioned. I know there's a brother here that he, uh, if, if, a, if a scripture impacts his life, he just tattoos it on his right arm. And I, and I just told him, I was like, well, man, what happens when you run out of, uh, out of spots? He said, well, my whole right arm, my, my plan is for my whole right arm to be just blackened with ink of scripture. I wouldn't say to go that far, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's well, a lot of ways you can meditate on that, but I would not recommend that. <laughs> you know, as, as you, you hit on a key there, I think, is we're looking at meditating on the word, especially in preparation for the, the message or the lesson that we're teaching. Uh, man, pop in that, that you version and an ear, ear pod and you, you go to town and you listen to that passage over and over again um, and really let it just kind of sink in. I really like that. The tattooing might be a bit extreme. Uh, I but, thought you so know, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's something there. So, something. Um, well, Chris, the fourth thing you have on how to prepare a message uh, is this idea of summarizing the word. Um, I know that your pastor is um, the the lead guy on the the uh, the preaching lab podcast. I, um, and the, he talks a lot about the sermon and the sentence. Is that what you're referring to there? Or are you talking about just a good summary of the word? Yeah, no, I'm not talking about the sermon and a sentence. <clears throat> the sermon and a sentence would, would essentially be, uh, e- equivalent to, uh, the main point of, of your sermon, um, and, and what you, what you want your people to remember, Okay, you know, so, I, you know, I, whether you like him or uh, or hate him, you know Andy Stanley. Uh, I think has a good job of of uh, explaining how to make one big point for your for your uh, for your audience. And so it's, the sermon in a sentence is, is essentially that. The summarizing the word, I believe. I believe it's important that as we have read the word, as we've asked the word good questions, as we've meditated on the word, we we come to this point where for our own personal use, we're able to, um, if someone were to ask us, Hey, what is this passage of scripture about? You know, whether it be a chapter or whether it be just a few verses, um, that we're able to boil it down into a, a concise, you know, 20 words or less summary statement. Now, is that always possible? Does, am I, am I trying to make that a legalistic thing? Absolutely not. You know, um, if I'm not saying that if you can do it in 21 words that you failed, um, I, I just, that's just my way of thinking about it. So it's just trying to be concise with it. Um, I believe, you know, if, if I can just back up real quick, cause I wanted to say something about meditation on it. Um, I, I believe this follows meditation because as we've, as we've allowed the word of God to, um, just be mulled over in our minds, uh, that, that that's the way the meditation is the way that it, it moves from our minds to our hearts. Um, mm. I love something that Thomas Watts, Thomas Watson once said, Thomas Watson said that, um, a Christian's heart often grows cold because he does not take time to warm it by the fire of meditation. And that's just always has stuck with me. I, I love that. And it really is, uh, when we meditate on God's word, when we're not just reading it, we're not just asking good questions. That's important, but we're taking time to, to sit in silence and to, to ponder. Uh, we don't use that word very much anymore, but to ponder and really think no. deeply about, um, every word, uh, maybe the, in, in, in that text, uh, 
then then it moves from our heads to our hearts. And I believe that's why Psalm 119, 11 is saying, for I've hidden your word, I've stored up your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Um, and, and I believe when we meditate on God's word properly, memorization just kind of follows. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the summarizing the word, um, I believe that's just kind of a natural next step at that point where we've, we understand, um, we've been illuminated by the spirit to know what this text is about and we're able to summarize. Mm, Excellent. Well, your next point is, is kind of right on target with what that sermon in a sentence is all about explaining the word. Mm -hmm. So the main point of the text should be the main point of your, your sermon, your message, and that, that's totally it. God's word speaks for itself, and we should be able to, to use that and use it clearly so that our students can understand it. And so not that we get off on little tangents or tell a good old story about when we were kids, but so that they really understand God's word. Um, you have mentioned that organize your explanation in a memorable way. Good old alliteration is—is is that what you use? <laughs> uh, not all the time, but it—you know. Let's just admit it, man. I'm a—I'm a Baptist. Uh, I was raised Baptist. I'm—I'm um, I'm Baptist by conviction, and uh, there's something about being Baptist that you just—you naturally kind of flow toward alliteration. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I—I think—I think there's—I think there's something to be said about um, creatively. Uh, forming your your sermon uh in a way that people could could remember it i think that's i think that's one reason why people love adrian rogers you know he has a way had a way of just um making his his uh you know homiletical outline uh very very simple and easy and um and memorable and so uh, I, I believe I believe we we take time to do that. You know, if you notice something that we've as we've been going through this, every everything that we've talked about um, in in preparation has been on the personal level at this point. I've, I did that on purpose because um, so often, as as we've already kind of mentioned, uh, if, if if we aren't taking time to prepare, then we we just we, we don't have time to do all of this. You know, uh, if we wait until mm-hmm. Wednesday afternoon to to get something yeah. together, then that's that's when we're gonna that's when we're gonna run to the internet and try to find some quick little lesson uh, that we can fit together, or a YouTube video, or something like that that we can <laughs> quickly just kind of throw something. You know, um, and and that's just too easy. Our 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 students um, they need more than that. Uh, they deserve more than that. Our families need more that we look if we're if we're in ministry we've been called um to shepherd to lead and um and so this is important so i believe the preparation uh it it we have to take time personally to do these things to to let the word um grip us so then we can start thinking about how to uh rightly explain it to our audience you know so at this point when we're organizing the ex you know and explaining the word we're we're organizing those points in a way that would be um, applicable, but, but not just applicable, but um, easy to get across. And so uh, I, th- I think it was HB Charles. Um, I-, I could be very wrong on this. And so if someone's out there listening, please correct me. But um, someone said this, this very simple phrase, uh, we need to be focused on getting it right um, and then getting it across. And so that's what I mean by good old alliteration. That's a good way of getting the message across to our audience. I love what you pointed out, that those first four are just all about you and you spending time in the scripture. And it's not something you can rush through. It's not like, oh, wait a minute, it's three o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, youth group starts at six, that you're really going to have time to, to get it all and to be able to give it to them. That meditating on the word that takes you know a week, um, and I, hopefully even longer than that. But as you're leading up to that next message, uh, we need to be very serious in our approach because our our students deserve it; they need it. Uh, man, that's real important. Well, the last point that you have on preparing a message 
are preparing that lesson is this idea of illustrating the word. Um, you've got a couple of things mentioned here. You talk about visual aids are super helpful. Um, there's all sorts of things that you can do with that. You even mentioned considering object lessons and a good word of warning, don't overdo it. And I completely agree with you. Uh, what I'm curious about is what does a lesson time or a message time look like for you, Chris? When you're speaking to your students, do you use an overhead? Do you use a TV and airplay something? Or do you just simply have them looking in the word and, and maybe a notepad? But how does that, what does that look like for you? Yeah, good question. Man, I, I wish I could say that I am Mr. Consistency uh, in this one way or the other, but I'm, I'm really not. Uh, I, I Honestly, this is a weakness for me. I, I'm not very good at, um, at visual aids and, and object lessons. It's not that I don't like them. I'm just, I'm just naturally not good at that. I, I like personally, I like just having my eyes on the word of God and, and trying to get kids to, to see things in the word. And, um, and so, um, that, that, that's a lot of the ways that I, I tend to just, I, I run to that, but, uh, but it's kind of a mixed bag. And so I, I can't say that this is how I always do it, but I do try to create um, PowerPoints uh, so that they can follow along in a, in a sermon outline. Uh, I think that's helpful. Um, I try to incorporate videos or graphics um, to illustrate maybe a, a certain word or something like that along the way at times. Uh, one thing I've done in the past as well is uh, I've created a, a little handout at the beginning of, uh, or uh, it's basically a, a bulletin, if you want to call it that, you know, uh, that has my sermon outline on the back of it um, so that kids can can fill that in um, as, the, as they follow along. So, I mean, there's a, there's, I've tried several different things. I think all those, all those things are helpful. Um, and, and I would just say, you know, uh, to those listening, you know, find find what's going to work best for your group because I, I know that like I'm talking right now in the context of of me preaching to my students, um, and I'm I'm sure that that we've got some listeners that uh, that are not preaching every single week, but maybe they're just sitting around a, a table and, and going through a Bible study. Uh, that's that's the youth group that I grew up in. And, uh, but I think this idea of visual aids, um, incorporating slides or different things like that, I think it could be helpful for students. That's great. Micah, as we get close to wrapping up and we're talking about preparing messages, do you have any final thoughts uh, for, for the person out there who is trying to prepare a message for their students? I think all these things that Chris laid out um, are, are wonderful things. And, um, I would agree with, um, I mean, a majority of these things said, and one, one thing I think is it's good to, to think through as well is, is finding the right resources. Um, make sure you have the right resources. And, you know, some people, if you can, if you can afford the log off software, then, then grab it. But, you know, if you can't, then <clears throat> I, I would say ask your uh, pastor or uh, somebody about um, a good commentary. And, and probably one of the best ones out there right now for the New Testament is, uh, uh, John MacArthur's are just easy to read, and there's there's just full of a wealth of information and study in the background and context. Um, and, and I think grab some commentary. Uh, I'm not saying to just buy every book in the world, uh, much as I am saying, uh, man, John MacArthur's um, book on Matthew, any of the Gospels of of uh, the Gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, those are really helpful. Uh, Acts and Romans are really good. Uh, just kind of whatever you're going through, whatever book you're going through in the New Testament, that that's a really great resource because that'll help you kind of guide yourself um, and have kind of a, uh, I would say like a safety parameter, safety fence kind of in a way so that you're not uh, applying something in scripture that may not be there. Um, and, and you definitely don't be, want to be careful when you're in your presentation of that. So uh, I think that's probably just one thing uh, that kind of pops in my brain. And I think that it'll be helpful. Uh, and then, then another one I thought too um, <clears throat> is to just understand how I think it's healthy to know like the weight of what you're doing. Um, it, it is so important to know, um, not just the hard work that goes into creating a message, but why you're doing it. And, and are you doing it for the right reason? And uh, and even more than that, um, are you prepared? Because one of the scariest things for, for me as a pastor is to go into a, a pulpit or to present a message in front of a student ministry uh, and kids that 
I'm not ready. And so as I stumble through a tough text, um, a tough book, you know, and I know I'm not ready, that, that puts a lot of fear in me and I'm bringing fear um, to, uh, and not, not having the right knowledge to, to students. And I'll tell you, like, we need to, to understand the weight of what we're doing. It is a good thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, but just never, if you can, go into uh, teaching on anything that you're not confident in or that um, you haven't prepared for. And, and just so putting a huge priority in your prep time that you are reading the word and meditating and summarizing the message and finding the main point and alliteration and illustration, as, as Chris has said, and, and going to the right books um, in, in scripture uh, you know, that are about the message you're uh, preaching through is really helpful as a guide. And I wouldn't say as like a, you know, a one size fits all like that person, you know, um, you want to be, you know, John MacArthur because you don't need to be John MacArthur. Uh, you don't need to be, um, you know, Matt Chandler. You, you need to be you. Um, but, but just finding those resources to help kind of guide your thoughts. And, and I think that's one thing I probably would have, would have said. Chris. Yeah. I was, just, I just wanted to echo, uh, the resources. That's, that's an awesome, uh, awesome piece of advice. Uh, Dan, you've already mentioned our our uh, the guys we know over at the Preaching Lab. They did a podcast a few months ago about building a library. Uh, so I'd encourage our listeners to maybe find that. And uh, it's very basic, very helpful um, for uh, for anybody who's in ministry as far as just knowing where to start on what to put in their library. And then um, just a couple of books that have been helpful for me when it comes to preparing to teach. One. Um, is called Gospel-Centered Youth Ministry. Uh, you can find this. This is a, kind of a compilation of different articles written. It's edited by a guy named, um, oh, what's his name? I just went blank on his name. But you can find it on rootedministry.com. Um, I'll think of his name here in just a second. But the other book uh, is Speaking to, Teen, uh, Speaking to Teenagers by Doug Fields and Duffy Robbins. That's a, that's a good book helpful for just communication purposes. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to, to toss that out there for anybody who might be looking for something to read on the subject. Guys, this is, um, this has been real practical tonight as we have talked about, uh, preparing your messages and whether you are called to preach and you are preparing a sermon or whether you are preparing a lesson, you are a youth volunteer you're just trying to teach your students and love on them and make sure that they know God's word. I think you've found some stuff here that we can apply to almost any situation. Read the word, ask the word good questions, meditate on the word, summarize the word, explain the word and illustrate the word. That's incredibly important as we go forward. We do these things. Why? Because we love students. We care about students. We want them to be transformed by the gospel. And they can only know the gospel if we, we speak to them, if we share with them, if they read it and they know it and they learn it. And why do we do all these things? Well, we do these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.